Amen. All right. Well, last uh, Wednesday night, we started our new series on uh, Bible doctrine called Continuing Doctrine. And for that, we're going to go ahead and start again in, in Acts chapter number two, if we could, please. Acts chapter two. And we're going to find out what these uh, early believers focused in on as they were added to the church. In Acts chapter 2, and I, and I mentioned last Wednesday night that uh, there was about 120, which is uh, maybe a tad larger than our church uh, family is on a Sunday morning. Uh, we're, we're, we're about 120 between 100 and 120. Um, so on a, any given Sunday, if you take our church and then you were just to add, oh, I don't know, 3,000 to that number, uh, that's what was happening here in the early church on the day of Pentecost. In one fell swoop, uh, that church went from 120 to 3,120. And uh, talk about uh, church growth movement. Uh, that was uh, quite significant. Well, they needed to have some priorities and focuses, and in verse number uh, 42, here's what they focused in on. The Bible says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And then verse 46 says, they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, house to house, did eat their meat with gladness, singles his heart, praising God, having favor with all the people. So there was a lot of different things that they focused in on and, and uh, really kind of tried to make a priority. But the first thing mentioned is that they focused in on doctrine, on knowing truth. And uh, we, what we're doing in this series is uh, taking some time to study Bible doctrine. What does the Bible say about uh, itself? And we're going to go into that probably starting next time. Uh, but uh, what, what does the Bible say about God? What does the Bible say about Christ? What does the Bible say about man and sin and salvation and the way of salvation? What does God's word say about angels and uh, the doctrine of eschatology, the last times? What does God say about uh, a lot of different things? And we're going to look at uh, what the Bible says about it, not what Eric says about it, not what even Cornerstone Baptist Church says about it. Though we hold to these truths, more importantly, we're going to say, what does God have to say about it? What does his word say? And because uh, this is our authority, and we'll deal a little bit more with that as we get into bibliology. And uh, we won't go super in depth, uh, but we will take some time to look at uh, several scriptures regarding each of these. And, and we'll take maybe a couple Wednesday nights for each of these doctrines because there's no way to cover it all in one in, in one service, but um, just to, by way of review, uh, we, we looked at, uh, first of all, uh, the importance of Bible doctrine. That's the, uh, that's the whole message title. Uh, but we said, first of all, what was number one? The priority of sound doctrine. The priority of sound doctrine, okay? So we were looking at the priority of sound doctrine. Why is it so important? Well, we mentioned, first of all, under that, 
sound doctrine is necessary to be saved. You've got to know the truth in order to be saved. You can't just be saved because you look up in the sky and say, wow, isn't this so beautiful? I mean, look at these Oklahoma sunsets. I need to believe that Jesus died on the cross, rose again, and I just know that from looking at the sunset. No, you need to know sound doctrine. You need to know the truth. Um, and we do have some beautiful sunsets here in Oklahoma. Uh, we had some beautiful ones in Montana, too, and in California. So really, they just follow me around. Sun, beautiful sunsets just follow me around. Um, but sound doctrine is necessary to be saved. You have to know the truth. And, and where we get the truth is from the Word of God. Um, the gospel is the death of Jesus Christ according to the scriptures, his burial, and then the fact that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So doctrine is sound doctrine is necessary to be saved. Next, we saw that sound doctrine is necessary to have the right worldview, uh, which to um, be able to handle all the different things that are going on around us. So rather than having a message on and not to say that it'd be wrong to have a message on, you know, um, the war in Ukraine or to have a message on uh, the CRT um, situation or um, wokeness and all of that. More important than that is to be very familiar with the word of God and then we can. And I, and I don't remember if I said this last last time or not, but it's it's. It's like my, uh, my friend in California whose wife worked for a bank. Um, when asked about how they determine whether a bill is counterfeit or not, their response was, well, rather than showing them all the counterfeit bills, we just show them all the real bills. And then when a counterfeit bill shows up, they're able to see that and call it for what it is. They're like, hey, this doesn't feel right. This is not a real bill. I call this fake. And then they'll examine it and determine that, okay, yeah, it is fake. And that's, that's how it is with God's people. We need to be very familiar with the truth. And then when something comes along uh, that's not true, then we'll, we'll be able to handle it and, and recognize it. And, and when it comes to all the different world events going on around us, the closer and the more familiar we are with the Word of God, the better we'll be able to navigate through these different things in our life. Um, all right, and again, not to say that we won't do those special messages from time to time, uh, but uh, we, we want to focus in on what God's Word says. All right, sound doctrine is necessary for that. Necess it's also necessary to mature believers unto all good works. Um, God wants us to uh, get to the point where we're not just knowing all these things for ourselves and hoarding all this information and saying, well, I know so much. And aren't I so spiritually intelligent? That's not the purpose of knowledge. It's so that we would use it to benefit and bless others. And uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us that uh, the word of God is given to us, necessary for doctrine um, and for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. God's word was given to us, not so that we can go around and, and uh, say, well, I know more Bible than you do. Nah, 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 nah. That's not the purpose of it. The purpose is so that we would all be uh, equipped to be able to uh, serve others, serve the Lord by serving others. 
So it's necessary for that. Uh, next, we said uh, sound doctrine is necessary in order to earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered unto the saints. And uh, we do need to stand for truth. Um, and we need, to, in order to be able to do that, we need to know what truth is, what we believe, and why we believe it. And I don't want to just say, well, this is what I learned in Bible college, so therefore we all have to know that. No. Let's look at the Word of God and, and have a firm grasp of it uh, ourselves so we can all wrap our heads and minds and hearts around it. Sound doctrine is necessary for that. Next, it's necessary to separate from false doctrine and to be protected from false teachers. And then, and I've already kind of alluded to that a little bit, uh, and then lastly, we mentioned last time, sound doctrine is necessary to please Christ. And we looked at the seven churches, or a few of the seven churches that were mentioned in the book of Revelation that uh, are, are, are written to there. Jesus doesn't write and say, hey, congratulations, you were a large church. Congratulations, you had all the bells and whistles. No, he said, I'm pleased with you because you held faithfully to the doctrine, to the truth. And uh, as, as, as I pastor this church, I want to make sure that we're faithful to hold to the truth, that we're not, we don't get sidetracked on trying to be big and large. Uh, I mean, if, if the Lord wants us to grow, that's his business. If you look here, uh, if your Bible's open to Acts chapter 2 and verse 47, it says, Praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. So the Lord's the one that's going to grow the church. I remember uh, when I came here on that, uh, that day in May, I think it was like May 19th. It was a, sat it was a Sunday, and um, for the first time, uh, I came down here to candidate for this church, and uh, we had uh, our morning services. We had Sunday school, combined Sunday school in here, and then a, a morning service. Then afterwards, we had a burger burn, is what we called it. And uh, we had just some good food and opportunity for people to kind of get to know me and ask me questions. And I'll never forget, Brother, um, Brother Gary uh, Luno comes up to me, and he says, Hey, so I have one question for you. And I said, Yeah, what's that? And he said, How do you plan to grow this church? I said, well, the good part is the Lord said he would do it himself, so I don't have to. <laughs> and, and I said, I, I know that's not what you were asking, but biblically that's the truth um, because he promises to, he says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But I know what he was asking, you know, what are, you, what are your plans for trying to make the membership bigger and all that? And I said, well, brother, you know, uh, we're going we're gonna to get, get to do some door knocking. We're going to print some flyers up, and we'll go out and, and do some door knocking. And, and uh, yeah, we'll run some ads on Facebook and stuff like that. But more importantly, we need to get out and be obedient ourselves. We can't, we can't just pay Facebook to do it. We need to go do it ourselves. And so anyway, um, and I appreciated that question. That was a great question to ask. But, but the point is, we need to basically be faithful and obedient to what God's called us to, and then the Lord is going to add to the church daily such as should be saved. So again, when it comes to pleasing Christ, pleasing Christ isn't necessarily having the largest church. It's being faithful and obedient. 
And so when it, when it comes to doctrine, we need to know what these things are and hold to them. And so we talked about the priority, but then uh, we'll, that's where we stopped last time. Let's uh, pick it up here next with uh, the process for knowing sound doctrine. How can we know sound doctrine? This isn't one of the blanks, but being faithful to this series is going to help. Um, but, but honestly, if, if, if you weren't able to be here on Wednesday nights, you can still know sound doctrine because, I mean, the Bible tells us the sound doctrine can be known. Um, Paul taught that right doctrine can be known in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15, if you'd like to turn over there very quickly here. 2 Timothy in verse 2, or chapter 2 and verse 15, 2 Timothy 2, 15. Paul is instructing his uh, son in the faith, Timothy, and he says this in verse number 15 of chapter 2. He says, Study to, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we can know, we can study, we can learn and grow in this area. And it's, I would say this, it's not just for those in full-time ministry. I know that there are some believers who think, well, yeah, pastor, you need to make sure you study to show yourself approved unto God. And you would be right. I do. But I think in this case, it's not just because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a Christian. And so if you're a Christian, uh, you have that same responsibility as well to grow in your understanding of sound doctrine. Um, Christ said that right doctrine can be known. He promised that it is possible to know the truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Um, we are to, he said in John 7, in verse 17, know of the doctrine, so it can be known. Jude taught that the right doctrine can be known in Jude 1, verse 3, when we were told to earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. How can we contend for the faith if we can't know it. Um, so we, we do know and we can know. Um, but the Bible also, again, tells us how to know sound doctrine. First of all, how can we know it? Well, sound doctrine is known by the new birth, by the new birth. You've got to be born again. You've got to be a Christian to really understand sound doctrine. The natural man cannot know spiritual things. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, in verse number 12, it says this, uh, Now we receive, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual, but the natural man receiveth not. The things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto them, unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Um, we go to a group of unsaved people and start talking about this stuff. They're going to be like, "What in the world are you talking about?" Like, let's talk about sports. Let's talk about politics. Let's talk about the economy. That I understand, but. Spiritual truths like this, no can do. And uh, it's because they don't have the Spirit of God dwelling in them that helps them to understand these things. There is a spiritual veil 
over their eyes. He's blinded by the devil because of his unbelief. And 2 Corinthians 4, 4 tells us that. And when the sinner believes the gospel, is born again, receives the new life, receives Christ as Lord and Savior, God gives deliverance and spiritual sight and understanding. And that spiritual veil is removed and he's all of a sudden able to, uh, uh, the light bulb comes on and it's like, oh, now I get it. But for those who are unsaved, they don't understand really the whole meaning of life at all. Um, 2 Corinthians um, chapter 3 and verse 14, I, I want to read this verse. It says, but their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. And, uh, and, and he says in verse 18, But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So, again, the new birth is necessary for us to be able to understand sound doctrine. So if you're here tonight and you're not saved, you never trusted Christ as your Savior, you're not going to really understand sound doctrine until you come to that first, you take that first step of salvation and uh, making sure you have a relationship with God. So tonight, if you're not saved, what a beautiful, wonderful night to get saved uh, tonight. Uh, so sound doctrine is known by the new birth. Secondly, sound doctrine is known by walking in the Spirit. The carnal believer, those who are walking in the flesh, uh, uh, does not let the Spirit rule his life, so he doesn't necessarily grow in spiritual understanding. He can take the milk of God's word, but not the meat. 1 Corinthians 3, uh, 1 through 4, tells us this. Paul said, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal, whereas there is among you envying and strife, divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? So he said, I wanted to give you a ribeye steak, which in my not so humble opinion is the greatest cut of steak there is. Second, maybe a close second would be tri-tip. And if you've never tried, people in Oklahoma don't know what tri-tip is, and I don't really want you to know because then it's more for us. So, so don't go out and try it. It's, it's not that good. No, actually, it's delicious. And it's a California thing, but, uh, but we love it. And uh, I, I, I like brisket, too. I've kind of come to really love and appreciate brisket here in Oklahoma. But um, here he's saying, spiritually speaking, there's some, there's some ribeye truths. There's some tri-tip truths, brisket truths that God wants us to know and learn and grow in. But the problem is we haven't developed our spiritual digestive system to be able to handle it. So we can't even handle the basic things. And that's what he was saying to the church at Corinth. And so it's important for us to walk in the Spirit so that we can grow to the point where we can handle these doctrinal truths and then apply them to our life. Okay? 
So sound doctrine is known by the new birth, by walking in the Spirit. Thirdly, it's known by prayer. It's known by prayer. Ephesians chapter number 1. And this is just a little overview of uh, an introduction to sound doctrine. But uh, Ephesians chapter number 1, verse 17, here Paul is praying for the church at Ephesus. And he says that the God, this is his prayer list for them. This is his prayer in a nutshell. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And I've mentioned this a few times, but you know, at the end of this message, we'll we'll cover some prayer requests, and and many of them are going to be for health-related things. And there is an absolute need for us to pray for health-related prayer requests. Absolutely. But it's interesting in all of the prayers that Paul has for the churches, not one time does he mention a prayer request regarding health, physical health. Every time it has to do with growth, spiritual growth and spiritual health. And so how can we continue to know sound doctrine? Well, spend time praying, spend time in prayer for that. Um, every individual believer should pray earnestly and continually for spiritual enlightenment and understanding. The psalmist said this, Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. The psalmist also said, I am thy servant, give me understanding, that I may know thy testimonies. So the psalmist was praying and saying, Lord, please help me to understand the truth that I'm reading from your word. To read and study the Bible without prayer is presumptuous. Every church should pray for spiritual enlightenment and growth in that area. Um, so sound doctrine is known by prayer. Secondly, sound doctrine is known by, or not secondly, next, sound doctrine is known by obedience. Obedience. And these are the words of Jesus here in John 7, verse 17. 7.17 says, If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. So sound doctrine is known by obedience. If a man is open to truth and willing to obey God, the Lord will give him understanding to discern sound doctrine from false. Proverbs one twenty three, God says, Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. See, God has promised to make his truth known to those who submit to him. So sound doctrine is known by obedience. Sound doctrine next is known by continuing in God's word. By continuing God's word. Uh, turn over to John 8 real quickly. We're kind of doing a little bit of a sword drill here. John 8, 31. Of course, sound doctrine comes from the Word of God, so it would be kind of an obvious one that we need to be in God's Word if we're going to understand what it says about doctrine. 
So John 8, 31 says, uh, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and then ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But when you continue in his word, then you are indeed disciples. But then one of the other byproducts of continuing in the word of God is that you're going to know the truth. You're going to know sound doctrine. So to continue in God's word is to continue reading and studying it, to continue obeying it, pursuing a right understanding of it. And it requires patient continuing. To continue, mean, to continue means not to quit, to not get sidetracked, to not get slack off. Those who do not continue in God's word will not know sound doctrine. So it's super important for us to be in God's word on a daily basis. And we've talked about that many, many times. Uh, next here. Sound doctrine can be known by diligent study. Diligent study. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Um, we do need to diligently study this, and it's going to take some effort. But remember, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. No sacrifice that I can make is too great for him. So let's... If, if it means uh, joining FBI, we have FBI here at our church, and it meets on Monday nights, and it's about a three-and-a-half-hour class, and um, it's a three-year uh, curriculum. Well, I don't have time for that. And by the way, it costs money. It's not free. And there's homework, a lot of it, Right? For those who've gone through it, know what I'm talking about. And I don't even know what I'm talking about because I've never done FBI. Uh, I'm related to Seth, who has done FBI, and I see the homework that he does. He probably should do more. Uh, but anyway, um, there's, it, this is one of those things that if you give your time to and, and energy to, it's going to benefit you in a great way, not even just in this life, but in eternal life as well. So, uh, diligent study of the scriptures. And then, I think we have one more here. We have, let me get to it here. Next, sound doctrine is known through sound teachers in sound churches. Being in a sound church with sound teachers. Ephesians chapter number 4 is the reference for this. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 11 says, And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Um, the New Testament church is the pillar and ground of the truth, and it is God's ordained teaching institution. Um, it's important for you to be involved in a church that is teaching sound doctrine. Now, a lot of, a lot of people are thinking, well, I need to be in a church that has you know, a youth ministry for my teenagers, a, a good children's program for my kids, a good music ministry because I really love music. And... and you know, it's got to have, you know, a nice, nice facilities, you know, and it's got to have, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of nice people. And 
those are good things to have in a church. I'm not discrediting any of those, but that's not the thing that should be on the numero uno list of any believer when they're looking for a church. The numero uno thing is, do they have sound doctrine in this church? Do they tr teach and preach the truth? I mean, that the a youth, pa a youth ministry that does fun, cool things with the teenagers, that is secondary when it comes to a church. That is not a primary thing. You need to make sure that they're going to be faithful to preach the truth without apology and uh, that are going to stay by the stuff and not change when the culture changes, but that they're going to stay true to the Word of God. So, And uh, my prayer is that our church would be that, that we would that would be something we're focused in on and we're going to be faithful to. So, uh, but again, as you, as the Lord, I hope the Lord never moves anybody from our church out of town or out of the area. I hope the Lord brings a whole bunch of other people to this area and doesn't move anybody out of it. Uh, but I know that that's not really reality and, and uh, the Lord may move you somewhere else. Well, when he does, or if he does, maybe we should say if, because I don't want it to happen. But if it does, then when you're looking and searching for a church, don't just look for one that maybe someone recommended because you have a friend there. Or um, make sure that the number one thing on your criterion when looking for a church is that they preach and teach the truth. Now, obviously, having a good, welcoming, loving family spirit is important as well. And all the other things I mentioned, but... Their stand on doctrinal truth is the one thing that Jesus mentioned in those letters in the book of Revelation to those churches. He referenced their stand on doctrine quite a bit. And uh, we want to make sure to be a church like that. And I want to be a preacher teacher that is uh, a sound Bible preacher. And, uh, and so uh, sound doctrine can be known. And uh, that kind of leads me to, I think, the next thought here, and that is uh, the preacher and sound doctrine. And uh, this next part of the message you get to listen to, but it's directed more towards me. And uh, if the Lord would ever call somebody else in this room to be a pastor or a preacher, then it would apply to you too. But it also applies to you to make sure to keep me accountable in this area. And again, if you're ever relocated by the Lord, uh, that you make sure your preacher um, fits these criteria. So sound doctrine is necessary for preachers to fulfill their divine calling. Now, what are, what are preachers supposed to do when it comes to sound doctrine? Well, first of all, they're to allow no false doctrine. We're to allow no false doctrine in the church. Uh, here's a couple references here. 1 Timothy 1.3. It says, uh, As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, Paul talking to Timothy, he said, uh, when, I, when I sought to uh, have thee hang out in Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. So in other words, my job is, yes, to preach the truth, but I better make sure that 
Uh, we're not allowing false doctrine inside the church. And we talked a little bit about that last Wednesday night, too, about when uh, false doctrine does come in and what the responsibility is and the process to handle it. It's not a, it's not a pleasant thing. I hope to never have to do it, but uh, as, a, as a pastor of the Word of God and, or pastor uh, and preacher of the Word of God, I need to be obedient in those areas that are less than pleasant. <laughs> and that is one that is not pleasant that I hope to never have to uh, deal with. But we're to allow no false doctrine in the church. Okay, what else are we supposed to do? Well, we're to give attendance to doctrine. We're to give attendance to doctrine. That means that we're to talk about it, um, make, make much of it, not minimize it, not say, ah, that's boring, no one wants to hear that stuff anymore, they all just want how to live your best life now. Uh, no, we need to have doctrine, we need to give attendance to it, and uh, the reference on that is 1 Timothy 4.13. He says, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Give attendance to doctrine. Allow it to be a part of your ministry. Don't allow it to be just on the, you know, the shelf somewhere collecting dust as so archaic and irrelevant irre anymore. No, it is very relevant and it needs to be emphasized in the church. A preacher should give attendance to doctrine. Uh, next, let her see here, a preacher should take heed unto the doctrine. And uh, 1 Timothy 4, 16 is the reference for that. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Take heed. So it's great to preach the truth, but a pastor has the extra uh, pressure and responsibility and obligation to take heed to the truth as well that I'm preaching. So every message really is, you know, maybe one finger at you, but three back at me. And I better make sure that, and that's the hardest part of preaching, by the way, it's not the preparation, it's not the study, it's not the delivery, it's the living out. And, you know, I, I'm not going to be perfect in everything, obviously, but I am supposed to, and there's an expectation that I would take heed under the doctrine, all right? Uh, letter D here, continue in doctrine. I am to continue in doctrine. So it's not just, you know, we're going to go through this series and we'll be like, cool, done. We can check that off the list. We're, we're done. Uh, no, this, this needs to continually be emphasized. Um, not to say that we're going to do Bible doctrines over and over and over and over again. That's all we talk about. There are some practical things as well that we need to get to, but, uh, but we do need to continue in doctrine and continue learning and growing in that. Okay, uh, 1 Timothy uh, 4.16, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. Uh, we're to continue in doctrine. Uh, next, we're to labor in doctrine. Uh, 1 Timothy 5, verse 17 says, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. So there's an expectation that those who are in ministry and the preachers, 
to be uh, laboring in doctrine, to be taking time to study it and to learn it and to uh, get it wrapped around their brains so that they can impart it well to those in their congregation. So to be to labor in the doctrine, a uh, few more and then we'll uh, wrap it up here. Next, to preach with doctrine. We're to preach with doctrine. 2 Timothy 4.2, preach the word. Most of us are familiar with that command. Preach the word to be instant in season, out of season, to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long-suffering and, anybody know the last word there of that verse? We're to preach with doctrine, with long-suffering, with patience, but then also we're to preach with doctrine. Our, 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 our preaching needs to be very doctrinal uh, in its content. Uh, certainly there needs to be application and, and practical aspects in the preaching, but, but there needs to be doctrine that is emphasized in the preaching as well. And I try to do that. I, I'm not saying that I have arrived or I'm a perfect example of any of these, um, but these are, again, you get to hear this part of the message, but it's directed towards me. So, um, Eric, are you listening? Amen, Pastor. Keep preaching. Okay. Um, you won't say amen, so I will. Okay. Um, um, what else? Uh, we're to preach with doctrine. Next, we're to be sound in doctrine. Titus 1.9 says, Holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. So he's to be sound in doctrine, know the truth, know how to explain it, know how to defend it, uh, know how to uh, recognize when there's error. And so a pastor needs to do this. And then uh, next to be uncorrupt in doctrine, Titus 2.7. In all these things, showing thyself a pattern of good works in doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity. So there needs to be, I mean, if you disagree with doctrine that I, that's coming out of the preacher's mouth, um, hopefully your argument's not with the preacher but with God. Um, because he's holding to the scriptures, but occasionally something will come out of my mouth that isn't very scriptural. Now, I don't try to ever do that, but again, I'm human, and uh, I hope that we're all like the Bereans in Acts chapter 17, that they searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. They were checking everything that was coming, that they were hearing by the word of God. And I hope that all of us here at Cornerstone Baptist Church do that too, that, uh, you know, everything that I preach, you're going, wait a minute, is that really what the Bible says? Um, and I don't want you to take what I say as being ex-cathedra, like the Pope. I'm not the Pope. And the Pope isn't God either. Uh, the Pope is a sinner just like all of us who needs to be saved. Um, and so when he, when he talks, he talks in his mind with authority that, hey, this is absolute truth. Um, well, the only time that that's true with me is when I'm actually reading the Word of God. Um, but there, hopefully I'm sound in doctrine enough to where there's no corruption in what is coming out of my mouth as well. Okay, so uh, there's um, that last part of the message was for me. 
And so there is, this is important. What we're talking about in this series and what we're going to be going through is, is extremely important. And it can be known. And we should uh, take the effort uh, to get to know it. Um, with that, let's have a word of prayer and then we'll look at uh, some prayer requests tonight. Lord, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the time we've had together, even just to talk about the, um, the basics of, of sound doctrine. Lord, help us to be people who are sound doctrinally. And I pray that you would help us to grow in that and that we wouldn't be um, content with our current knowledge, but that we would continue to desire to go to higher ground in our spiritual life and, and uh, Lord, to know more and to understand uh, more perspectives and more angles um, on these different truths that are found within your word. And uh, we thank you for the time we've had together tonight. And now we pray you bless the prayer time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right.